This podcast is a presentation of Premier Wrestling Experience. For information on upcoming events and other news, please visit pwxpro.com. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Living the Experience. I am your host, Patrick Price, and my guest today can be described by one moniker and one moniker alone, and that is the Southern Savior. He has been part of many of the most memorable stories and feuds in PWX history and is one of the most decorated stars currently on the roster. He has stepped foot in many rings under many banners, whether teaming with the fellow bruiserweight or trying to be a country icon on national television. This gentleman is full of stories and memories, and we do our best to tackle them all. So without further ado, please welcome my special guest for this episode, John Schuyler. All right, fans, I'm sitting here with no stranger to any of you who are fans of PWX, the Southern Savior, John Schuyler. How you doing today, bud? I'm good, Patrick. How are you? I'm good. Like I, mean, I feel like I haven't seen your face. I haven't I seen your face in months. That's what I tell everybody is that we, like I told Zane on the first episode that like I feel like whenever we pop up, I'm like, oh my God, that's what I remember what you look like now. I yeah, anybody. it's like I can almost reach out and just touch your face. And just I know. It's crazy because we went that. from talking to each other every day, pretty much, to yeah. having limited communication because I know like we'll get into uh, your injury and the rehab and everything you're doing, uh, but yeah. you, have, you have rehab, you're trying to get back to, back to 100%, and I have work and a kid running around all the time. Yeah, it's weird. You're having to shut doors just so we can film this interview. I do. I have to shut doors, even though even though the little one's not here right now. Little one's yeah. in daycare, but I got the rest of the family here, and the dog will come in here and interrupt it. So yeah, so I'm I'm coming to you from my bedroom, which is not the studio that I have down in my basement. So, and I'm coming to you from my single one single bedroom apartment. <laughs> I feel like Colt Cabana. I could say the what is he for his yeah. podcast where he says the 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 studio apartment uh, apartment in yeah. Columbia, Chicago. Oh, yeah. So is it is it Waco, Texas, or is it Columbia, South Carolina? Waco, Texas was a gimmick, brother. I've never even been to Waco, Texas. <laughs> Hell of a miniseries on Netflix, though. Yeah. Wh- now, why why did you choose did you choose Waco, Texas because of the whole Waco thing? Yeah, that was like originally the the idea behind the Southern Savior character was a little bit of Tyler Durden from Fight Club and a little bit of David Koresh. Uh, I don't know so yeah, the, put that together until right now. Yeah, that was like I guess the uh, yeah the inspiration behind the the character was that cerebral smart villain that uh, had a way of you know manipulating people with words and. Uh, also the, the kind of the, the villain that, you know, sometimes the villains are right. They just, they're misunderstood. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, that was kind of, uh, that like inspiration, I guess, behind the character. Well, before we jump too deep into it, I know I'm, I'm, I'm sure people have heard it on podcasts before, but just so for anybody who hasn't, uh, heard the way you got into wrestling, just explain like the, the meeting Bob Keller and getting trained by him and then starting it. CWA down in Orangeburg and all that good stuff before we jump into the PWX party. Uh, yeah. So, uh, getting into pro wrestling, I was at my high school. It was career day. I got in line and 
they were handing out tickets. Uh, I think it was between that, uh, magician and, um, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, no, I met Bob Keller at an indie show back in like 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on the show. Fabulous Moolah was on the show. Patriot Del Wilkes was on the show. And we actually still have a Polaroid picture that I took with Bob Keller that day back in like 1998. I was wearing like a DX t-shirt. I was with my buddies and everything. So uh, when I decided I wanted to be a wrestler, it was 2008. And uh, I just kind of asked around. I was like, you know, what are some good schools here in South Carolina? And everything came up Bob Keller at the time. So uh, I went out, met him at his school in Gaston, South Carolina, and trained with him for, I mean, it only took me three or four months and, uh, I was pretty much ready to go. Um, but, uh, it was like a little shack in Gaston, South Carolina. There's no AC, there's no, uh, uh, heat. So it's cold in the wintertime, hot as hell in the summertime. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to roll up to like this, uh, like the WCW power plant, like the state of the art facility, like the performance center Definitely. and literally like the ring is touching all four walls of the building. And, uh, so it was just, uh, definitely a culture shock, but, um, yeah, trained three or four months and I was ready to go. And I think that's kind of attributed to the fact that I always wanted to do it. And I was always a fan. And then, then from there, I kind of, uh, did some shows in West Virginia when I first got started and then really, uh, started making a name for myself in the Carolinas anyways, for CWA in Orangeburg, uh, which was run by Roger Gleaton at the time. Um, and they were doing some tremendous houses in terms of drawing, you know, uh, in Columbia. And then their home uh, or home uh, base, I guess, was Orangeburg. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I've told the story a couple of times, but I remember like the first standing room only crowd that I worked in front of was in Orangeburg right after Shelton Benjamin got released the first time. Yeah. They brought, because Shelton, uh, for those that don't know, Shelton's from Orangeburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, born and raised and so this was his first time ever wrestling in his hometown and he was fresh off of television and uh like it was wall to wall just packed as far back as you could see like there were people against the walls standing and i felt like ricky and robert i was like yeah brother they're hanging from the rafters standing room only so yeah it's cool it was cool cool experience now you said see the thing that i love to find out especially when i talk to people that I mean, I know, like, we we joked about this. I've even made comments about it that you got pissed off at me about. But the person that introduced me to you was Zach Kwan, Zach Salvation. And he had, yeah. I think he had met you through or, uh, CWA in Orangeburg. And- yeah. Um, I think Zach took a liking to me from the get-go. And I know uh, we were both also working in Chester, South Carolina, a lot yeah. for APW that's still around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think – and you've even made this comparison – yourself i think uh even zach saw kind of some of him in me and vice versa uh you know a lot of people from that era constantly compared me to zach salvation and you still compare me to zach salvation personally i think i'm better looking uh i'm probably smarter uh i haven't gotten hurt nearly as much as he did but i'm 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 fast on 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 the way now so um but uh no you're you're building up your injury yeah, my injury list. But yep. uh, yeah, and we both have that quick wit, that yeah, smart ass sense of humor, definitely. Uh, very sarcastic and dry. So, uh, but Zach went out of his way to help me a lot when I first got started and gave me a lot of great advice. Some of it I still use today. Gotcha. Now, well, what I was what I was going to try to get to is 
the time put in to develop the wrestler that you become when before you get to PWX or in in your case in to PWX to Ring of Honor to NXT to WWE uh to all of those um like I lo- I love learning or watching old footage of people and watching them it's almost like like I'm a fan of comedy stand up comedy it's like for watching a comedian find himself and uh like I've seen videos here and there that that either have posted online may, probably through C- the CWA YouTube uh when you wrestled and it's cool it's fun I encourage anybody to watch, especially, and and I'll, I'll tell you this because I've told you this to your face, and I'm not kissing your ass, but to to see how good you are now, to watch the development of how how you started putting everything together and the development of the Southern Savior character. Yeah, it's crazy to see, and that's another thing that kind of mesmerizes me about uh, the guys that just come in and like they either get signed overnight or they just pick it up so quickly. Because I mean, here we are, twelve years later. And I'm still figuring some of this stuff out myself. Uh, it was a lot of trial and error for me, uh, probably because I'm a smaller guy. You know, if I walk into a room, it's not going to be like The Rock or even somebody like Booker T where they look, all the heads turn and see John Schuyler walk into the room because, it's, you know, I have this big stature about me that people will say like, oh, he must be a pro wrestler. Uh, no, like I, it's a lot of stuff that I had to work on over time. And a lot of it, it's so funny because – you know, when I first got started, I had a, a, a vision in mind of what I knew I was going to be yep. in, in wrestling. You know, I wanted to be like that 80s rocker, like Freebird, Michael Hayes type guy. And uh, then it became more comedy based. And then like, you know, just to see the evolution of it all, like when you first get in and you're buying your first pair of gear and everything, you're just like, this is what I'm going to be for the next 20 something years. Yep. And then you know, here I am damn 12 years later and I've gone through so many different transformations. It's ridiculous. Definitely. Now. So after, after kind of finding yourself through CWA and some of the South Carolina uh, promotions, uh, we, we find you, you come, I know I don't, I don't take credit for bringing you to, I mean, I know like you, Corey and chip all came to North Carolina, like around the same time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know Corey and Chip came from Georgia, and you you were one of the few people that came from South Carolina. Maybe you and I is Henry in Georgia or South Carolina? Henry's a Georgia guy. Georgia, we don't we don't claim him. Yeah, so we don't claim uh, Corey either. So I, and I yeah, and I brought you in, I brought you into Evo, but that was kind of a joint thing because Ty was wanting to use you too in PWS. Yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you who put in the word for me originally at uh, PWS because he still brags about it every time I see him is uh, Rhett Titus. Ah, okay. uh, Rhett, Rhett was the one that was really pushing for me, uh, with Ty, especially gotcha. and, and Ty, it's, I mean, I think he even managed me at Evo with you probably. Um, and, uh, you know, and Ty knew who I was, but you know, Rhett was the one that was like, I remember him texting me saying, you know, I got, there's this thing starting up again. It's, it's going to be really hot. And like, I'm really pushing for you to come in and mm-hmm. I'll drop your name. Are you open for these dates? And like, Rhett was all about it. And so Rhett's really the first guy that, well, one of the first guys that yeah. put in a big word for me to help get me to PWX. Now, so like me and you've been through so much stuff together with PWX. Remind me of how, like, what was the initial storyline or matches or like strength? Because back when Ty or Jake or Carino was booking, like people were married to each other for a few months. It's not, right. you, you don't have like 
big match, go to the next one, big match, go to the next one, big match. It was mm-hmm. uh, they like they they put in the time and effort into putting stories together, which was a different time back then yeah. than it is now. But who like what was your original like story or who you were married to when you first got into this? So for a long time, I was kind of a little wishy-washy in terms of being in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I wouldn't consider myself a full-time guy. So I wasn't really doing a whole lot for a long time. I remember, I think Ty at one time talked about me winning the the television title, and I thought that was going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that just never really materialized. Uh, but the first big thing I think that helped get me over was working with Lodi. Mm-hmm. Um because me and Lodi had a long extended program. Uh, I had kind of built up the faction around me. This all sounds familiar, but you know, it was me, uh, Walters mm-hmm. who, uh, now people, I guess, know him as cash Wheeler. Yeah. Um, and, uh, at one point Reed flair, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, chip and Corey. Yep. Uh, and we were kind of a little bit of a faction there. And then me and Lodi built up to, my first big I quit match that seems to be a bit of a trend in PWX, John Skyler dying and bleeding. Uh, so, uh, but I remember, you know, me and Lodi just went, yeah, neighborhood theater. Uh, me and Lodi went like balls out. I broke a keyboard over his head. The keys went flying everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I took a bump in thumbtacks, which was really, really stupid. Steve Carino. Go out to the road and fight in the road. We did one time. I don't know if that was for the I quit match, but I remember him, me and him fighting out front of neighborhood theater in the, okay. in the street. Yeah. Um, but I remember Carino was on commentary and uh, Carino told me I was an idiot for taking a bump in thumbtacks. I was like, what? You came from ECW, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, yeah, but I never did thumbtacks. That's insane. Why would you do that? Now, so, now it's a normal every month occasion in independent wrestling. Yeah. Just thumbtacks all the time. So so after I, I remember the Lodi, that's when you had the bandana. I call it the bandana phase of John Schuyler. Yeah. And uh, so at transitioning because like we have to, we have an hour and we have to cover a ton. Transitioning out of a Lodi, you went into a program with Jake. Jake. Yes. Okay. Now, and if you if you don't want to talk about this, we'll cut it out. But if not, like you and Jake legitimately had some. Like beef, beef. each other when y'all went. Yeah, we we, yeah, we didn't get along. Uh, and funny enough, I was getting ready to leave for my first tour of England uh, when we did the tag team tournament, and I think Carino was booking at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did this random tag team tournament. Long story, people probably heard that before. Yeah. Uh, but I remember I was planning on like going to England and not coming back to PWX because I was kind of like not really doing a whole lot, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, there was some serious, serious like that's it's so crazy to put it in perspective because people think I'm are going to think I'm jerking their chain, but yeah, there was a no, real no, life I'll heated. Second, I'll second this that there was you guys did not like each other at no, all. No, we didn't get along at all, and uh, so we end up getting paired in this tag team tournament at random, mm-hmm. shoot, random together because the fans picked all the names. And then uh, it, to, to pair the tag teams together for the tournament, like the VIP ticket holders got to draw names. And yep. I mean, this was 100% on the fence. It was yep. a shoot, yep. as they say, brother. Uh, and then me and Jake ended up winning the tag team tournament and won the tag team titles. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, I legitimately don't like this guy. Yep. And what am I going to be able to do with him, given you know my character, his character, our two different outlooks on wrestling? Mm-hmm. It's going to be just like oil and water all the time. But man, I tell you what, coming out of that, we made some magic together Dude. because I think yeah. when we got 
when we got put together in the feud, uh, once we, you know, lost the tag team titles, mm -hmm. uh, there was just so much you can pull from like real life emotion and these promos and stuff. And that's really the good stuff is like what they say, life imitating art or art imitating art life or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, uh, kind of were able to use our real life hatred to mm -hmm. put a hell of a program together and it's still stuff that people talk about today. Oh yeah. The, the I quit match or, not the Aggie, wasn't was it I quit? The the well, the two matches that people talk about from that feud are I think the I quit match was the finale of it, right? The first finale, yeah. But okay. the, that's the beautiful part of storytelling is you guys if you're good enough, you can be together and marry together, as you said, for so long. Yeah, you can split apart for years and you can come back and pick right back up, you know, where you left off. And so yeah, the I quit was probably the first big blow off, mm -hmm. but then the second one was the career title, I would say. Uh from from uh Escapade. Well, the lashings happened building to the I quit match, right? R yeah. Yeah. And that was good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the, I lashed in ten times. The ult like the ultimate if you looked it up, if you look up professionalism in the dictionary, like that's the ultimate like show of professionalism. It's two guys who really do not like each other that it put the, put their feelings aside to a certain extent because I'm sure when you guys were bombing on each other in the ring, uh you were you you were getting some of it out. But uh but yeah and that's and yeah. it led to so many so many great moments with that feud. Yeah. I remember even then when I found out I was gonna be lashing Jake ten times with a leather belt, I was telling all my buddies, I was like, Oh, here we go. I'm gonna get him I'm gonna get him I'm gonna hit him so hard with this yeah. leather belt. I, what an idiot. I can't believe he's letting me do this. But yeah. uh you know, you, you put it all aside for the for the biz, yep. and uh, you know I've always felt safe working with Jake. Yeah. There were never any liberties taken, uh, and you know I, I think that if you were to ask him, he'd probably tell you the same thing. I think he always felt safe with me, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean we just made magic together. And coming out of that, even the night when I lost the title to him yeah. at, at, at Escapade, which is uh, the single most. I want to say emotional. It was very emotional just because knowing the backstory that we're going over right now between the, the two of you. But uh, yeah, like that was the most genuine reaction possibly ever that I can remember in PWX when he won. That's one of the very few times in this modern era of wrestling where you'll see the good guy win and the entire place jump to their feet and yes. celebrate. Yes. Uh, because it's not necessarily cool to like the good guy anymore, but everybody that was there, I'd say, 98% of mm -hmm. the crowd that night wanted to see Jake Manning win. Oh yeah. And he did. And I, like, and I know that's on YouTube, that match. And I oh, encourage yeah. people to go back and just watch like the last five minutes of it and yeah. watch how it just builds and builds and builds and builds until that finale. I mean, that's, I'm getting goosebumps say, talking about oh, it. Oh, me too. And if you, uh, if you watch any commercial from like 2017, I think like that was the end shot I used for every commercial was the crowd going crazy. And you see Caleb yeah. and Zane jump in the ring and run at Jake. But yeah. yeah. The uh and, and that that storyline laid the foundation for what would become the experience versus the revolt. Uh so much. Like so mm -hmm. much that is such big parts of history in the company. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, being a part of that group, the experience, and I've been uh, a part of a lot of factions, mm -hmm. a lot of groups, a lot of tag teams. Uh, I say hands down, that was the most fun I've ever had in my career. Um, yeah. was being with, with, uh, Gunner and Corey and Paige and Carino, mm -hmm. 
and and CW there for a little while. Like uh, that that was the most fun I've ever had in this business. The bottom line. Well, let's before we jump into that, we go to you showing up at Rise of a Champion to face Cedric, correct? Yeah, Cedric had just okay. retained, I think, against Caleb, and uh, I just had my blow off with Anthony Henry, another long oh, feud God. that I had. Okay, so let's, yeah. let's, like, Henry was, I believe this is when I took over the booking. Cause I got, I got, well, I got a quick, like, not to cut you off, but no, uh, you, I you think Chris, than I do. Chris Shore was actually helping do the TV and the yeah. booking at the time. Mm-hmm. And he and me and Anthony Henry were only supposed to have one match mm-hmm. and uh, it was going to be one TV match and that was going to be the end of it. And I remember him slowly getting some buzz and stuff. And I was like, nah, man, I think we need to get like something else out of this. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's something there, especially with getting Amber involved. Yeah. That being a, I remember thinking about the first thing that came to mind was that Brian Pillman, Marlena gold dust thing. Yeah. And I was like, man, we can do something with her. That's, that's cool. That hasn't been done in a while. And, you know, my gears just started turning and, you know, that's kind of where we both collaborated and kind of came up with, you know, what it would all end up being. And then eventually, you know, there was another change in the booking and the creative and, uh, you know, you came on board and yeah. that's where we kind of started all collaborating and, and, and coming up with what me and Henry ended up doing. Yeah. And I remember, uh, like this is, I feel, I feel like this feud is kind of what opened my eyes to Henry what Henry was capable of. Cause I feel like the next year was the year that I kind of took Henry as like my pet project. And I wanted to build him up with him, him and uh, Amber turning heel, which that, that all came from you and her turning on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you and him had doubt, you got like your blow off that you were just talking about at rise of a champion. Yep. Uh, and I knew coming out of this, I was going to go on and uh, probably work with Cedric for the yeah. title. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that kind of like was going to be my launching pad almost to be in the main, like in the main events and stuff. So, yeah. and, and in typical fashion, and by the end of it, people were kind of cheering me and booing him anyways. Uh, you know, the fans typically it weird because we had, we came up with the concept of him beating uh, of him beating, like you were, you were the heel, heel, uh, in you and Anthony's feud, especially after Amber turned on Anthony, and yeah, we had come up with the concept of the lights going out because we were at Ziggy's and we had unbelievable lighting and people lighting people there that can do all this, and throwing up the video on the yeah. screen that me and you filmed, uh, for the big unveil, and then oh, lights come back up. You you're in the ring, and I remember. Like we, I think we knew that it was going to be kind of a heel versus heel, but we thought that people were going to go with Cedric coming out of it, just because he's Cedric and everybody loves Cedric, even though he was the he was the and he has way cooler matches than I do. Yeah, antagonist and uh, with with Caleb through that time. But I remember the lights coming back up and you standing beside of them and them chanting. I think like Skyler, they might have been chanting. F them up, Scott. I think they were chanting next world champ. Next world champ. Next world champ or something like that. Yeah. They were chanting next world champ. World champ. We were like, what? This is. So they're going to, they choose to go with Skyler after he just kill Anthony Henry. But, uh, yeah, man. Don't you know death gets you over? Yeah. Death and stealing people's girlfriends. That's what, yeah. (laughs) It's a morbid society we live in. Yeah. 
So yeah. So then you go into the program with Cedric, and is mm-hmm. then you eventually win the title, correct? Is that your first title run? Yeah, okay. I want. Yeah, my first uh, first title win was uh, I don't remember the name of the show, but it was at that cool club in Charlotte that we oh, never ran okay. again. Oh, with the cool yeah. screens. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name yeah, of it, but it was, um, uh, uh, it was with Ricochet. It was a four way elimination match that yeah, we came was, up yeah. with the idea. Do you remember the story? I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if you remember the story behind. Do you know the story about Cedric at this show? Believe the, uh, the show was Believe the Hype. It was at uh, okay, I can't remember the name of the place, but yeah, it was an awesome venue. Yeah, I wish we would run there again. We but up, well, uh, we set it up through uh, Barbarian's brother. I believe, <laughs> I believe. Ming. No, no. I can't what is his name? He's so, such a Conan. Nice no, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> um, uh, I don't remember the story with Cedric. Well, uh, Cedric, was it- remember we because we came. Like th- this is the beauty of some of the moments that we had in in PWXs. Cedric was the was the big heel champion, and uh, we when we were talking about it the day of the show, we we did, we came up with the concept of what if Cedric got eliminated first? Yeah. So after Cedric got eliminated first, there had to be a champion. Yeah. And Cedric was like, I don't I think it. I don't, I don't think it, this is nothing to Cedric because Cedric had his had his mindset and had his opinion on it and. Didn't think he would get over, and I remember. Uh, and he later he later apologized yeah, for this too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Listen, I, the way I am is, if you feel strongly about something, I'm more than ha- like I'm more than happy to yeah. listen to your opinion about it. And we and I might even go with it, but uh, we decided we were going to let him get eliminated first. And yeah, we talked about it afterwards, where he's like, "No, it 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 did what it was supposed to do, and everything's fine." But uh, yeah, but yeah, them chanting, "Na na na na," goodbye. To hey, hey, yeah. Now that was a cool moment yeah. because uh, it was it was something that the people there, uh, especially the diehards, wouldn't have ever called in a million years. They wouldn't expect to see Cedric after this insane run that he had had, even before he was champion. Mm-hmm. You know, wrestling the dream matches and all yeah. that kind of stuff. They would have never pegged him as being the first guy eliminated, yeah. and that's why we did it. Yeah, uh, because. You know, it's hard to it's hard to get the people now to to that level where you fool them to that extent. So Agreed. they all got got. They all got fooled. I don't yeah. care how smart they are. <laughs> True, but uh, right. so uh, you, you get the title. I remember the infamous picture that I used for everything that someone took of you holding the title in your mouth, like the strap. Yep, doing I did it before Pete Dunn, by the way. Yep, before Pete Dunn. Uh, Pete Dunn stole it from you after you guys were a tag team. We want to get into that. He stole he stole a lot from me. <laughs> The, called plagiarism uh, yeah the uh so we i don't i don't want to just I, I, I don't want this whole podcast to be like just going through your career even though timeline yeah timeline yeah. piece but uh let's talk about when since we mentioned pete dunn you and pete dunn were a tag team yeah for a very sh- short period of time yeah yeah, yeah in okay. china uh so you, Walters you know or cash and Pete Dunn and who else was on that? There was other people that are no uh, Cash wasn't on that tour. Okay. Uh, it was I was literally no I was literally the only American on the tour. Okay. It was me, a bunch of people from England, and then a bunch of people from like Hong Kong and China that uh, were pretty much doing on on the job training. But yeah, me and Pete, me and Pete were tagging a lot uh, over there, and we kind of came up with the name, the bruiser weights. Cause I mm-hmm. think the two Oh five or not the two Oh five live, but, uh, 
the cruiserweight classic was was just yeah. starting or it was getting ready to start or something mm-hmm. like that or had been talked about and um we knew that there was gonna be a big emphasis on cruiserweights and somehow i don't even remember how i probably had way too much jack daniels and was getting creative or something and yeah. uh came up with the idea or, or you know we put our heads together and came up with this idea for the bruiserweights where we'd be like a miniature version of like we'd be like a cruiserweight version of the apa yeah where we'd just be no nonsense ass kickers like you know, just grind people down, vicious, rough around the edges. Uh, and so that's what we ended up using as a name for the extent of the time that we were there, which wasn't very long. We were only there like a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then when, when we came back, uh, I decided to use the name here in the States uh, until Pete got it over and got it on TV. Yeah. And now that's I can't the, use it anymore. Yeah, then Pete shows up on the WWE <laughs> Network with the bruiser weight. Yeah. Not much I can do there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Let's see. Let's get to so you have the the successful title run. Um, that leads to does that lead to Jake beating you? Yeah, Jake beats me for the title, and then I took a like I took like five months off mm-hmm. uh, to kind of because my mindset on it was I was the champion for so long and on top and seen so long mm-hmm. um, that. After I lost the title, anything that I was going to be seen as doing next was going to be seen as a step down. Yeah. So in order to keep myself from being perceived as, okay, now he's going to drop down the card to something else, I was like, you know what? I've been here a while. Let me take a couple months off, and I'll, I'll show up in the back and not be seen or mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. But that way, you know, it's the old adage, if we can't miss you if you don't go away. Definitely. So uh, I was like, man, maybe I take a – take a leave of absence or I'm off for a while for a few shows. And when I come back, maybe I'll be fresh. Mm-hmm. I'll be new, maybe a different look. And then also who knows, maybe I'll be a big baby face. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> so, yeah, for a while you were, because then you came back at X 16, correct? Yeah. I came back at X 16 and uh, wrestled Lockhart the first night and then wrestled Zach Sabre the, the second night had a really good match with Sabre. Um, and, uh, that's the funny thing too, is like, I never turned babyface. There was never a big moment where I really turned babyface. I lost to Jake. Yeah. I shook his hand like yeah. as a way of burying the hatchet. It's all over. Yeah. And then I left. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was probably the closest thing to a babyface turn is that I ever did. But if yeah. you really think about it, I was still just me. I was being myself. Yeah. And then really everything changed when Corey turned on me yeah. uh, at, at the next rise of a champion. We wrestled the ducks. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the tag team titles. And when, when we lost to the Ducks, you know, Corey turned on me. So I never really did an actual turn or anything like that. Um, you know, so, and then obviously uh, the most polarizing feud in the history of PWX probably happened after that, where, you know, me and Corey feuded for like the next two years. And yeah. people either seem to really, really like that one yeah. or they really, really don't. Yeah. But uh, again, you know, I think the proof is in the pudding and in this case, the pudding is the steel cage. I quit match when we had a hell of a house. Yeah. So that tells me that we did the right thing. Yeah, definitely. And also, uh, probably one of the best unsanctioned matches. I'll put it up against anybody's unsanctioned matches is the match that you guys had at the show perfectly titled. Yeah. I almost bled to death. I remember that. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I remember uh, you almost again, bled a big, to death, and yeah. I remember you splashing Corey from the top rope. 
Yep, through the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that match was a lot of fun. I, I, I usually, you know, I'm joking about it now. Like the trend is, you know, John Schuyler dies and bleeds all the time. Yeah. But, you know, I really enjoy matches like that. And I think I heard Jericho say this recently, but there's nothing that makes you feel more in the moment than when you feel that blood running down your face. Yeah. Uh, as, a, as, an, as a pro wrestler, as an entertainer, whatever you want to call it. Like, mm-hmm. that's the most in the moment you'll ever feel and you know, everything just kind of goes to another level or clicks after that. And uh, yeah, I mean that, that match, that unsanctioned match was so much fun. Um, You know, I remember going into the bathroom, going through the table, uh, pulling up the ring, uh, you know, all sorts of cool little elements of that match. Definitely. Now the one thing we did skim over and I do want to talk to you about was the war games match. And I remember like I talked to Zane about it on the first podcast, which I, I think you were in talks with, like we, me and you had mentioned it, but whenever Zane and Caleb returned, they had an idea to build a war games. And we had been putting together the idea of a gunner joining you and Corey and creating, start putting together the experience. Uh, we, I don't, I don't even think we had come, we had figured out that Karina was going to be a part of it. Yeah, and and Corey, or, uh, Corey was with Paige at the yes. time too. They, yes. were the, they were the tag champs. Gunner ended up winning the ITV title, and mm-hmm. I was the heavyweight champion. Um, so we decided to add in Carino mm-hmm. as kind of like the JJ Dillon of the Horsemen. Yeah, and I remember there was an I, we took a great photo after one of the shows when we were all still the champs with our hands yep. in. We replicated the old Four Horsemen photo, mm-hmm. like the original Four Horsemen, and. Uh, there's still a side by side somewhere that exists. And I mean, we hit it perfectly like Carino's in the middle and all that, but again, like, yeah, just stuff like that, uh, made that the most fun time of my career, but go ahead. Then, uh, but, uh, but so you, so we knew for a while that we were building, uh, to the war games match. Like, tell me what your thoughts were because I'd be terrified to go into a war games match. Uh, what your thoughts were when you knew, uh, like you knew, uh, you knew you were going to the War Games match, and then talk about how you guys felt afterwards, because still to this day stands up against one of the best War Games matches I've seen, ever in any company. Yeah, um, well, go ahead, finish. Well, and I was gonna say because I remember, I remember all of us whenever we decided we were gonna do it. Like, a, did you really think we were gonna make it happen? B, did you think it was gonna look cosmetically as good as it did? And uh, like I said, uh, the reactions afterwards after you guys pulled it off yeah so uh i had been a part of a couple little war games matches before then but they were in one ring you know and uh, like a 16 foot ring and you know whatever Uh, and if people don't get it like if they don't get the concept of war games uh you know then it's kind of like a like a fart in church but uh I remember even thinking that we got a little bit of pushback for wanting to go do a war games because everybody was so concerned on how this was going to turn out. Yeah. And then I remember even thinking like when I found out we were going to do two rings, mm-hmm. like the old school style, I was like, Oh shit, yeah. this is going to happen. So, uh, I remember walking in the day of seeing the two rings next to each other. And I was like, Oh man, I can't believe this is actually going to happen. And then when I finally saw it on camera, cause I didn't see it on camera, obviously until, um, yeah. You know, like the preview airs. Yeah. But it reminded me of like Great American Bash, mm-hmm. you know, 85, just with 10 wrestlers from 2016 or whatever it yeah. was, you know, firmly planted in the two rings. And uh, I didn't, I never dreamt in a million years that it would come off as good as it did. 
Uh, the only big stinker of a disappointment, I don't know if you remember this or not, was Ricky Steamboat was supposed to be involved. And he was supposed to do a, a spot where he came out and I think he was going to cage Carino after K, or after Carino had locked the door. Yeah, uh, Steamboat's music was supposed to hit and he was going to cage Carino and mm. fire up real big or whatever yeah. to allow Bravado to climb the cage and jump in or whatever. Yeah. But uh, Steamboat yeah, had a flight he, to catch. Yeah, yeah I yeah. remember that. And we uh, replaced him with Ethan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk about a real uh solid upgrade. <laughs> Anyways, uh but yeah, no, I remember being real happy, so happy. Uh I call it almost like the artistic post-day depression. Mm-hmm. Uh if you ever hear like Kurt Cobain talk about or well, you won't hear Kurt Cobain talk about anything anymore. But people right. say that uh people say that he got so depressed because they didn't think he he didn't think he would ever have an album as good as uh whatever it was called. Nevermind. Yeah. yeah. Um so a lot of these times when you have these matches that are just blow away matches, you're like, man, is there any way we can ever top that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes the, the, the depression kicks in a little bit the next day. I remember that being a very real thing. Yeah. And, uh, also not wanting to watch it back for the longest time, because we all kind of said, you know, that night, uh, that all of us that were involved in the match, like mm-hmm. we wanted to remember it as it happened. Yeah. And we didn't want to like watch it back and be like let down in any way. Yeah. We just wanted to still feel and live in that moment as long as we could. And again, that was a that was a match that you know brought a lot of us together. Yeah. Uh, in, in a way, because we did it. It was like a it was like a team effort, and it oh, came yeah. off really well. And I've said this on numerous like platforms or podcasts is like even though I was me, I think me and Zane and Caleb were Caleb and Zane were helping me book at that point in time. I feel like. Like when that match came to play, I didn't I didn't ask anything. I didn't ask what the ending was going to be. I didn't ask like what's the story you guys are going to put out. How are we going to move along? I just said, listen, you guys are all professionals. Go do it. And so I, I take no credit. And it's crazy. I take no credit for that match. That matches the the ten people that were involved in that match, including Carino, including uh, the referees, including the camera people. Like that match was made by you guys. That that's all. Like that, you guys take full credit, hundred percent credit for that. That has nothing to do with me or Brian. Um, yeah. And and that's what I tell everybody when they ask is is especially all all the people that were in that match. Um, uh, it's like when you surround yourself with professionals, you don't have to micromanage because right. they're good enough to do it on their own. Yeah. And yep. and ninety ninety. Nine point nine percent of the times, as long as you guide them on where you're wanting to go, like their their uh, their vision for it and their execution for it is better than anything you could come up with, and right, uh, and that that's like a spitting image of of that mentality. But what's so yeah. crazy, like you were talking about the way it looked, is like we were supposed to do it at Cabarrus Arena, and uh, did something ha- our NXT kicked us out because they were coming <laughs> like two weeks later. Thanks, uh, Hunter. Yeah, thanks, Hunter. And, and then they stole yeah. that. Then they stole that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But they did do a war games like the next year. Yeah. But go and, ahead. Uh, <laughs> so NXT kicked us out. So then we had to do it at Johnson C. Smith University. And like all of that coming into play, I love the way Brad and Tommy called it. Like all the stuff that came into play that wasn't supposed to happen, I think is what made it look as good as it did. Because if we'd have done it, we did it at Cabarrus Arena two years later. Three years later, maybe longer. Yeah, after we and, swore we'd never do another one. Yeah, and it didn't look near as good as it did when we did it at 
Johnson C. Smith University, which is yeah. And again, a lot of that probably comes uh, a lot of that that comes into play is probably the fact that it was the first time Mm -hmm. we had done it and so like you've got that image of the first time like embedded in your head of you know that that just that scene of the the building and everything from that day that's slow slow, like on the video if you watch the video and this is on youtube as well uh that slow pan out whenever whenever uh cw and jake jake are starting is yeah. one of the greatest, like one of my favorite shots in PWX history. Yeah, so cool. But yeah, and then and I'll put and I'll like put this to to bed. Is a lot of people ask like, why didn't the experience continue after that? And uh, like from a real business standpoint, is we basically spent all of our money, extra money, doing war games. And coming out of war games, we had to build, uh, use a roster, and build come up with a game plan to try to make some of that money back. And with mm-hmm. the venue change, even though we had a good house for war games, the venue change, we had to pay more for the building. Uh, and there was more cost involved. And as, yeah. and as good as the experience group was, that's a very costly group from a business. We were hated too. <laughs> yes. We, yes. We were hated probably because we we're making more money than everybody. Yeah. And it was, uh, but yeah. That's that's why. And ultimately, that's why we we kind of disbanded the experience and we used a few here and there. And not nothing well, against like the Crinos or the CWs. I just felt like from a storyline perspective, if they came back, like that was the biggest exclamation point you could put at the end of a sentence was that War Games match. Sure, sure. And if you think about it too, you know, Paige got signed soon thereafter. Mm-hmm. Gunner got signed soon thereafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Corey worked the war games injured. Uh, he had had like yep. some sort of kayfabe knee surgery. Yep. Uh, and he, he worked that match fresh off of surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then, you know, Carino also got signed not too, too long after that as a coach. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the, in a way, you know, you, we did our job uh, yeah. in terms of you, you put a faction together, hoping that you're going to create one star coming out of it. Yeah. Uh or you can spin off a couple people into new characters or new directions coming out of it. And, uh, you know, you look at something like the syndicate where how many, you know, how many home runs have we hit or how how many home runs have been hit, uh, with the syndicate because so many people coming out of that group have been better than what they were when they went in. So, um, and, and the experience was kind of the same way. Uh, um, you know, you, you look to create, that's why you put people together. You try to give somebody a rub coming out of it. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, before we try, well, then we get, then we, we talked about you and Corey and the two year deal. And we knew for people wondering, we knew going into that, that we had talked about like, listen, so this is not going to be for some people. This is going to be for others. Uh, we, we do all these, like what you, what you learn if you watch anything from when I book is I shotgun book. So if somebody says something, I don't, wait and think on it for like a year and then try to pull the trigger. I just say, okay, let's do it. So with that landscape over the past couple of years, we had not done a full like two year storyline with anybody. Okay. So it was something that was like a, a shout, uh, like a throwback to the old school style of booking. Mm-hmm. And uh, we knew that it wasn't, 
going to be for everybody, and some people are going to bitch about it, or it's going on too long. But the people that appreciate old school wrestling, which is not what PWX is, it's a very kind of more modern style of production and wrestling. Uh, they mm-hmm. they would like they would like it. Well, and here's the thing too that a lot of people lose sight of because they everybody thinks they're an expert. Everybody thinks that they know what they're talking about. Uh, given us. their experience, yeah, <laughs> given their experience levels or lack thereof, yeah, that feud was built off of three matches. Me and Corey only had three matches together off in that whole entire thing. We had the unsanctioned match, mm-hmm. we had a six man tag with me and the Ducks versus him and uh, Gunnar Miller and Brady, yep. and then we had the blow off, which was the I quit cage match. So, uh, did it <laughs> to get two years of story and only have three matches. It's not like we wrestled every month for two years straight. That would get boring. That would get tiresome that, uh, you know, I could completely see people's argument there. Uh, you know, but come on people, it was three matches. Uh, and, and it's not like, you know, we were the only match on the card either. There were tons of other matches on the card that were fantastic, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, I don't know. I just I get so sick and tired of fans and experts sometimes. Yeah. Fans who think they're experts. Sure. The uh, armchair quarterbacks. And they're entitled to their opinion. Yeah. It's wrong, but, but yeah, they're but entitled I was about to, to it. Say, that doesn't mean your opinion right. Just like my opinion yeah. on things is is sometimes uh wrong. Not very right. not very often, but sometimes. Yeah. But, Mine's <laughs> never wrong. Go ahead. I know. But um so so we transition into Let's see. Building into the face run, which ultimately was leading to you turning on Ethan. Yep. And uh, building to uh, you and Ethan finding out who was who is Mr. PWX. That was supposed to happen at Rise of a Champion. Uh, so we did the Mr. PWX match at last year's Rise of a Champion. Mm-hmm. He won. Uh, he fought, I think that was the first time he had ever beaten me. Uh, yeah because you know he was chasing the title for so long mm-hmm. and you know he was one of the contenders and we had great matches we've always had great matches together even before we ever got to pwx yeah. me and ethan have always had great chemistry again it boils down to maybe a lesser uh version of me and jake were uh not so much personal animosity but me and ethan are completely two different people yeah. with two completely different personalities Definitely. so if i need to it's very easy for me to dislike him yeah uh there's a lot of him to dislike uh at times so that makes it very easy for me to cut promos and you know bring aggression out when it's somebody like that um and he'd probably say the same thing about me just so yeah. you know but uh we'll so we did the first on this podcast I got yeah that'll, that'll be one week i don't listen to <laughs> okay. oh p uh p peach uh what is it pcw academy yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. can't wait to hear about that a thousand times uh um anyways so uh you know uh we had the mr pwx match he won everybody was so sure that that was the night i was going to turn and we didn't give it to him again they got fooled uh and eventually when we did it it was at the least expected Mm -hmm. time or whatever it was the time was right yeah we lost to the revolt we teamed we teamed together with with jushin liger we i feel like that needs to be brought up and mentioned yeah Uh, yeah because well, yeah, that was cover, like I was about to say, let's cover that real quick. So, like, when I talked to Zane, if people listen to the first episode about how all that came about and why why we wanted to 
uh, bring in Liger because of the situation that happened at WrestleCon the year prior. And, uh, or that same year, earlier that year. Uh, so then we chose to, to do you and Ethan, uh, with Liger. And Mm -hmm. so, so tell me how that, how that felt and the experience of teaming with Liger besides the fact Uh, that he's one of the coolest human beings on the face of the earth. Yes. He is probably the coolest human being on the face of the earth. Uh, you know, uh, he was so giving Mm -hmm. such a professional. Um, I just remember thinking like that was, uh, about as big as it'll get uh, for the time being yeah. with PWX, mm-hmm. uh, because that was one of the, that is definitely the biggest show, biggest feel of a show that I've ever experienced, uh, in terms of being with PWX. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I wasn't there for the young buck show, uh, but like, you know, uh, yeah. it was, it was, yeah. it was similar, but I think it was the, like the Grady Cole center, man. Yeah, I told Brian if we can figure out a way to run the Grady Cole Center for all of our big shows, I would love to. Just because, even if we like, we had like, I want to say like eight or nine hundred people at that show, and it mm-hmm. wasn't nowhere. It was nowhere near field up, but just the atmosphere of that building and the layout yeah. of the building just makes it so. I love that building. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I got to tip the hat, the Cubs hat to Kevin Kelly because yeah. Kevin Kelly's been very instrumental on helping us bring in new Japan talent to PWX and even giving us, you know, PWX shout outs Mm -hmm. on like new Japan television, pay-per-views, you know, wrestle kingdom, things of that nature. Uh, So if you're a big new Japan fan and you've enjoyed the new Japan talent that's come in and wrestled for PWX, you should thank Kevin Kelly too, Mm because he has been a big, big, big part of that. Um, And uh, yeah, it was just a magical night. It was one of the best nights of, you know, it, it was one of those nights that uh, I didn't want to believe it was going to happen until it was yeah. like the match was in the ring and, and the first, the first match was in the ring at least because yeah. I was thinking to myself all oh, months because we uh, believe it or not, like I think I found out or we found out that this was going to happen back in January yeah. or February uh, there. before. And that was uh, last July. Yeah. yeah. Last July. Last July. Um, you know, so we, we had to keep it quiet. Mm. We had to figure out what we were going to do, uh, how it was going to be announced. And then I'm sitting there thinking the entire time, there's no way, there's no way this is going to happen. Something's going to happen. This is not going to happen. And that's just the pessimistic pro wrestler in me coming out of like, you never believe anything until it's either on paper or it's in the ring. And, uh, so when it, when it finally happened, I was like, I remember, I remember te- that was one of the nights where I looked around and I took it all in yeah. and I was like, man, I can't believe this is actually here and happening. And it seems like it took forever to get there. Yeah. And then just like that, now it's been a year. Yep. So, uh, it's just so crazy the way time works in wrestling. It's wild. The, uh, my favorite story from that day was it was time to do meet and greets. And I asked Kevin Kelly where, if he'd seen Liger, he said, he th- I think he's in the dressing room. So I go knock on the door of the dressing room and he says, come in. And I open the door and he's holding his mask, <laughs> brushing the hair on the mask, the horse hair. And I was like, um, you meet and greet. He's like, Oh yeah. 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 And he just brushes, puts it on, puts his other meet and greet mask on the one that he can talk through. I said, I, th- I believe I'm not sure which yeah. one. And, uh, just rolls out. And I was just like, man, he had told like 13 year old me, that one day I'd knock on a door open and Liger would be sitting there looking at me, brushing his, the hair yeah. of his mask. My favorite thing about Liger is when we're putting the match together, he curses in English. 
That's awesome. Because unfortunately, wrestlers have big potty mouths, especially for some reason, and they come out when we're putting matches together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Liger, uh, everything. I don't want to. Re- I don't want to go completely in the gutter here. But yeah, Liger, everything. It, there, shit, <laughs> shit, damn it! Oh, kick you, you, you kick my ass! Like, uh, <laughs> so he everything he was saying, he was cursing in in English, That's and awesome. I just thought that, that was hysterical. Yeah, yeah, so, so, like, hundred percent one of the one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. 100%. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was a dream come true. And, uh, coming out of that eventually, yeah, I turned on Ethan and, uh, man, I was really excited about the, uh, I quit match that never yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, who's to say it won't happen in the future, but, uh, cause of the world bit being shut down and yeah. everything else that's happened in my life. Uh, you know, right now it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. Well, yes. Well, we got, we got about eight minutes. So let's, let's finish that. Let's finish with that because, uh, you you had a run going uh, on AEW on Dark, and I don't I mean anybody that knows uh, that they were they were taking a look at you and they liked what they saw, and then you tore your knee up. Yeah, man, that's uh, the story of uh, I guess the sad country song that has been my 2019 2020. Yeah, is uh, you know it, anytime I'm almost out of the woods, it seems like something else happens, uh, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I'm not going to make this a woe is me thing. I wrestled for 12 years and been injury free. Yeah. Uh, never, never took time off. Uh, I did wrestle hurt, but being hurt and being injured are completely two different yeah. things. Um, you know, this was the first time where, you know, I was always told like, if you can walk to the ring, you can wrestle or whatever. This is the one time I couldn't walk to the ring. I yeah. couldn't do anything. Uh, but we were having a match. It was me and Brady Pierce against the Dark Order, uh, Evil Uno and uh, Stu Grayson. Mm-hmm. And uh, somewhere in the match, uh, I was hooked for a back suplex. I was I backflipped out of it and landed on my feet. And then I was going to roll like Ricky Morton underneath a clothesline from Evil Uno and make a tag to Brady. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I don't know if I've shared the clip, but I've shown the picture of the stills. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I rolled underneath that clothesline, the my leg in some weird way like clipped uh uno's leg and since i'm rolling and uno was on his feet and he's running past me he kind of just took my leg with him uh it just completely torqued my leg outwards the wrong way uh doctors think that's where i tore my mcl and my pcl Mm -hmm. and when i got to my feet i tried to jump to make the hot tag and i just felt everything just kind of blow out in the front side Mm -hmm. and that's where they think i tore my acl uh so needless to say i know that the very next thing in the match is me and brady getting our shit in you know and the next thing i have to do is run into the corner and do a running european uppercut yeah so if people can find the match and they go back and see it they see me like hobble my ass into the corner, do a running Euro. And then, you know, the next thing I'm doing is like, I'm trying to shake my leg out. Like it's a Charlie horse, because yeah. if you're a wrestler, you never want to admit you're hurt. You're always trying to assume that it's the best case scenario. Oh, maybe I just got a Charlie horse or something like that. Mm. So I wrestled another two or three minutes, uh, finished the match. And then it's like, as soon as I rolled out of the ring, I was like, I knew I was hurt. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, doctors pretty much knew right away. Uh, that uh, I had torn everything. Uh, and I actually went the next day and got my MRI with uh, Chris Statlander. We went together because she tore her ACL the same night as me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went and got our MRIs together. And uh, yeah, uh, projected six to nine months. 
of recovery. And I had my surgery on June 26th, successful two days surgery. before my mom's birthday. Yep. So you're in rehab yep, successful now. surgery. Yep. I'm in rehab now. Uh, physical therapy. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, physical therapy is going good. I've been in physical therapy for like just over a month. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they're trying to actually slow me down because I'm ready to get back out. I said from the get go, if I could be back in four months, I'd be back in four months, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, it's looking closer to six to nine, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, you always take things like this one day at a time. It sucks, uh, especially getting an opportunity, you know, at AEW. That's really, you know, it's a place that's taken off right now. And yeah. like Tony Khan and Cody and the Bucks and all those guys have been super supportive. Uh, they've been really good about taking care of me and, and stuff like that, keeping tabs on me. Like I got a random text for, from Christopher Daniels, like the, yeah. the day after I got hurt. And like, I didn't even have his number, but I was just like, man, that says a lot about that company that yeah. they're going to that extent to make sure their guys are taken care of. So yeah, it was real cool. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, just one of those things, again, it's such a freak thing. I don't think if we tried to replicate it, we could, Yeah, it was just such a weird, weird accident. And I, you know, I hold nobody at fault. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah. One of those things, things, unfortunately my time was up. So uh, sometimes shitty things are meant to happen. Because there's a there's a bigger payday at the end of the at the end of the rainbow. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, like I, I said, like I, I watched the 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 chronicle for I think it was yeah it was Drew McIntyre, and mm-hmm. he whenever he was talking about everything happening before he won the title, and I was and I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, it's just like sometimes you have to go through some BS to get to the final destination, and it's just part of the journey. So hopefully that's the case yeah. for you. Is this is just that's- part of the journey? I mean, if yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know like the AEW. I mean, you talked about this on our like in, in our personal conversations, but uh, I know the thing with AEW is they were looking at you and everything. But I think they're going to be there when you get back. But if there was ever a time to get hurt, like I believe now is the time because there's really no nowhere else able to run. Uh, yeah, it's crazy how it worked out that way. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think a lot of it is creating or making me stronger for a better journey to come out of all this. But yeah, it's been a rough year, man. A lot of personal trials and tribulations that you know about, uh, you know, a lot of uh, professional trials and tribulations that you know about. And then who would have ever predicted the entire world in wrestling shutting down because of a global pandemic. So uh, it's, it's been a wild year, but I'm ready to finally be able to put all of it behind me. And when I come back, be stronger than ever. And I think you will, but but yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with me, hanging out for an hour and doing the podcast. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, like I said, we haven't talked to each other <laughs> as much as we used to. Uh, but but <clears throat> I mean, my advice is just I, I know I know you're gonna push, keep pushing forward with your with your physical therapy and everything. But just like get 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 100 and then take over the world. That's what that's we'll what do. And I'm excited. Uh, we got a little bit of a project that me and you are working yes, on we do. that we're going to be hitting the ground running on. Well, you'll be running. I'll be kind of hobbling yeah. behind you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, I'm, I'm really excited about that when all that drops, because that all came from the mind of this guy <laughs> uh, with a little bit of help from you. Yeah, but just, yeah, just a tiny uh, bit, tiny bit. yeah, I'm really excited when that when that drops and that'll be a lot of fun, too. Definitely. All right, John. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Take care, buddy.